This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. From coast to coast and around the nation, this is the Washington Ledger Podcast with your hosts, Larry Leese and Jacob Siegel. Each week, we dive into the latest news surrounding us. This week on the Political Pulse Show, we dive into the impending government shutdown as well as some of the latest headlines from around the Capitol. And of course, our breakdown of last night's debate. But before we do that, I'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search The Political Pulse Show. As we navigate the intricate political dialogues and debates that continue to shape the nation, conversations surrounding government shutdowns, abortion rights, and the forthcoming general election surface is paramount. In examining the interconnectedness of these subjects, we have explored the varying perspectives, revealing the far-reaching implications, the real-world impact of the policies and decisions forged in the heated political atmosphere. When we consider the government shutdown, it's crucial to reflect on their tangible repercussions. The federal government stands as the nation's largest employer, meaning any such shutdowns ripple throughout the country, affecting countless lives and disrupting various sectors. Conversations with senators like Lisa Murkowski and Mike Simpson expose the depth of these impacts from halting of crab fishermen activities in Alaska to the financial struggles of federal firefighters amid devastating seasons. Despite the severe consequences, some lawmakers, especially in the newer ones, may overlook the real world, real, real world effects, treating shutdowns more as political maneuvers than life-altering events. However, the Differing perceptions among lawmakers underscore the multifaceted challenges per- present, necessitating a more in-depth comprehension of the interplay between political decisions and real-world ramifications. Abortion rights remain a central focus in put- political discourse, with the Republican primary witnessing distinct conversations and differing strategies. With the general consensus associating the discussion on abortion with Republicans' cost and midterms, there has been a cautious approach to the topic. Candidates like Donald Trump have been maneuvering the contentious territory carefully. Celebrating previous victories while maintaining an ambiguous state on specifics, recognizing the potential fallout of any decisiveness on this polarizing issue. The variance in the strategies coupled with a careful balancing act to not alienate voters showcases the intricate dynamics within the Republican primary, with candidates vying to differentiate while avoiding pitfalls that could harm their general election prospects. On the other side, President Biden and Democrats have been subtly aligning their strategies, laying the groundwork for more direct confrontations. Although Biden has been circumspect in his approach towards Trump, 
he's beginning to outline a more confrontational stance in private events, hinting at a possible shift in strategies as the campaign season approaches. Moreover, indirect attacks from the Biden-Harris campaign are seen in their digital ad strategies, highlighting Republican positions on abortions around Trump's speeches. This unveils the Democrats' readiness to elevate the dialogue on reproductive rights in the upcoming 2024 elections. The divergent focuses of Republican and Democrats are particularly evident in the Virginia State Houses, State House races, excuse me, serving as a precursor to the themes likely to be prominent in the 2024 general election. While Republicans are aligning their narratives around parental rights, focusing on educational content related to race, gender, and sex, Democrats are concerning or concentrating on reproductive rights. The crystallizing of these focal points in Virginia is indicative of the broader thematic battles to ensue in the looming presidential campaign. In an unprecedented move, President Joe Biden recently joined striking workers on a picket line, something no sitting president has done before. Historically, presidential candidates, governors, senators, and various dignitaries have joined picket lines, but Biden's attendance marks a significant deviation from prior presidential norms. The picket signs were up, sporting messages like UAW on strike, record profits, record contract. Biden, far from the typical presidential podium and seal, addressed the crowd through a bullhorn, maintaining the informal and unified vibe of the event. This visual powerful moment comes at a time when the UAW has yet to endorse Biden officially raising questions about the political implications of his presence. Visual of President Biden amid union workers could serve as a powerful campaign ad, potentially more impactful than an official endorsement. It echoed Biden's recurring, recurrent emphasis on the foundational role of unions in the middle class in building America, a stance he prominently showcased in his 2020 campaign. However, this is not just about political optics. It represents Biden's distinctive approach to aligning himself publicly with one side in labor disputes, something former President Obama didn't do. Biden's appearance at the picket line seems to signal a shift in the cultural and political landscape, reflecting the increased popularity of unions and a broader understanding of their concerns and demands. Former President Donald Trump's upcoming visit to Michigan appears to play a role in shaping the dynamics of Biden's visit. The competitive backdrop intensified the symbolic weight of Biden's presence, with the administration seemingly keen on maintaining political attraction in a key state and avoiding being overshadowed by Trump's visit. Trump's messaging focused on his purported concern for the workers and criticism of Biden's push towards electric vehicles, reflects his ongoing strategy to position himself as the champion of the average American worker. However, Trump's narrative faces factual challenges, given the domestic focus of Biden's legislative initiatives related to electric vehicle assembly. Unlike in the 80s and 90s, there seems to be more public sympathy and understandings for unions and their grievances. This shift is attributable in part to the concessions made by unions during the financial crisis and the effective framing of their positions by current UAW President Sean Fain. The UAW's eventual endorsement will likely have symbolic significance given Biden's overt support, and it raises questions about voter enthusiasm and base consolidation for the upcoming election. Biden's recent moves include including the announcement of a new climate corps, 
and Gun Violence Prevention Office are strategic endeavors to resonate with his base, especially young voters, and ensure their turnout in 2024. Before we move on, we'd like to remind you, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. Of course, our next topic, Senator Bob Menendez. The charges against Menendez are extensive and detailed, encapsulated within a 29-page indictment. It accuses the senator and his wife of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars. Menendez allegedly utilized his influential position to assist three New Jersey businessmen and remarkably to benefit the government of Egypt. The indictment outlines allegations of Menendez leaking sensitive non-public U.S. government information to the Egyptian government related to U.S. embassy staff in Cairo and U.S. military aid to Egypt. Startling fines of $480,000 in cash, a Mercedes-Benz, and gold bars during a federal search of his house last summer are the visually damning pieces of evidence forming the foundation of the case. But the senator does have a defense. Senator Menendez vehemently denies the allegations, attributing the cash to withdrawals he has made over the past 30 years due to a lack of faith in the system, stemming from his background as a child of Cuban immigrants. The gold bars remain underdressed publicly, possibly a strategic move by his defense. He has not only been vocal about his innocence, but aggressive in his condemnation of the Justice Department, alleging behind-the-scenes forces are attempting to silence his voice. Menendez claims racial prejudice as a Latino American and draws parallels to a past 2015 corruption investigation, which concluded with a hung jury illustrating that prosecutors, in his view, can get it wrong. The mounting evidence in Menendez's history of corruption investigations have intensified the pressure on the Democratic Party and fellow Democrats to rethink their support for the senator. Notably, there have been calls for his resignation, marking a shift from past when the political calculus discouraged such actions. Phil Murphy, the Democratic governor of New Jersey, called for Menendez's resignation shortly after news of the indictment broke, reflecting a change in political stance, possibly driven by a desire to contrast Democratic values against those of the Republican Party. However, notably in the absence of a unanimous outcry within Congress, with only Senator John Fetterman, publicly calling for Menendez's resignation thus far. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's stance, along with Biden, will likely play pivotal roles in shaping the senator's political future. The indictment may impact perceptions of the DOJ amongst Republicans, especially consider the prevailing argument that the DOJ disproportionately focuses on Republicans. However, skepticism persists as Republicans may view the case against Menendez as insufficient to establish the DOJ's even-handedness. Moreover, the ability of federal prosecutors to secure a conviction against politicians on corruption charges has been challenging, particularly after the Supreme Court case involving former Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell. The court's decision in that case raised the bar for defining an official act, making it harder to prove quid pro quo. And now on to the second Republican primary debate. The second Republican primary debate unfolded on the Fox Business Network, oscillating between chaos and substantiative policy discussions. The stage saw a handful of candidates with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former Vice President Mike Pence, businessman Vivek 
Ramaswamy and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott all vying for attention, while the dominant frontrunner, Donald Trump, remained absent. Despite his physical absence, Trump's shadow loomed large over the debate, a symbol of his profound influence within the party. The debate, while chaotic at times with the candidates interjecting, managed to field some substantiative questions and showcase divergent viewpoints, especially in relation to legacy issues and policies within the Republican Party. Candidates strive to differentiate themselves from Trump, embracing or criticizing his stance on various issues, from spending during his administration to his perspectives on abortion. Chris Christie emerged as the only candidate overtly focused on defeating Trump. He coined a new nickname for Trump, labeling him Donald Duck, underlining his opinion that Trump, is, Trump excuse me, has been avoiding significant issues and debates. The pointed remark echoed the sentiments of several candidates on stage, reflecting the underlying issue to garner attention and establish distinct policy positions. The debate took an unexpected turn towards several topics that seemed to diverge from tradition, traditional Republican ideals, from supporting union workers to addressing gender-affirming care. The debate's questions seemed to mirror those expected at a Democratic presidential debate. However, the most notable divergence appeared when the candidates discussed immigration policy at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library, highlighting the ideological shift within the party from Reagan's era to the present. Interestingly, some candidates asserted their support for workers but distanced themselves from union leaders. The debate brought forth economic perspectives, focusing on enhancing economic growth and addressing inflation to theoretically assist workers across the board. Trump, during his simultaneous rally, painted a dystopian economic future under Biden's administration, emphasizing the potential downfall of the auto industry due to electric vehicle mandates. The debate also highlighted nuanced viewpoints on abortion, with candidates like Ron DeSantis vocally differentiating themselves from Trump's ambiguous stance on abortion laws and his reluctance to endorse a federal abortion ban. The delicate dance around such divisive issues highlighted the ideological inconsistencies and the struggle to establish a cohesive Republican viewpoint. The debate's chaos and the cross-talk emphasized the struggle between the candidates to define their stance and compete against each other, while Trump's looming presence added a complex layer to the political dialogue. The visible absence of discussions around Trump's indictments and the lack of moderation to address these significant issues raised questions about the Republican Party's priorities and internal coherence. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. What did you think of last night's debate? or I should actually say uh, Wednesday's debate. By the time you watch this, it'll be Wednesday's debate. Let us know in the comments section below. And as always, give us a thumbs up if you like our video. If you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TWLedger. When you support the channel and buy me a coffee, you help us upgrade our equipment, bring new hosts, be able to pay them, and eventually take the show on the road. We'd love to do a live stream from the Republican convention or the Democrat convention or any uh, debates across the country or other major political events. And with your support, we can make that happen. So as always, thank you so much for your support, watching and listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Washington Ledger Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at The W Ledger 
and like us on Facebook. If you like what you hear, join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Washington Ledger. And as always, have a great week.